The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio, everyone. So glad that you could tune in and join us. We have a really fun show for you today. We're going to be talking to a woman named Julie Walsh. She's the assistant director of a program called Grow NYC. It's it's been going on for 40 years in New York City. And, you know, when you say the name the Big Apple or New York City, you'll have a lot of different thoughts. Some people might think of 9-11. Some people might think of, you know, a huge metropolis of 10 million people when you count in all of the surrounding areas. Um, but you might think of a lot of concrete. You might think of tall buildings. But what you're going to hear today is a great story of how green is has been taking hold for 40 years in New York City, not just, you know, a few patches of grass and plant a tree, but some actual community gardens, block by block, that this program that used to be called the Council on Environmental uh, Quality in, in New York City, we'll, we'll get to that. They've had a name change just recently, but this organization, under the direction of the Office of the Mayor, they're a nonprofit organization, but they actually are connected to the Office of the Mayor, and they have been helping the citizens of New York City create community gardens, farmers markets, and things that you might think of in terms of, uh, you know, much more rural environments. But they've been doing this in New York City for 40 years. And we're going to be talking to Julie about how they have enjoyed the success of their labor, how it's changed the lives of the citizens of New York City. And most importantly, for all of our listeners who live outside of New York City, which is most of you, of course, um, you're going to hear stories that uh, you might be able to replicate in your own city. You might hear how Julie has helped to start uh, farmer's markets of locally grown organic vegetables and instituted food stamp programs for folks who are in need of fresh vegetables and fruit through food stamps. And you might say, gosh, you know, that could work in our community. So I want you to listen closely to what Julie has to say about Grow NYC. And as you're doing so, feel free to open up a new tab in your web browser and follow along on their website. It's www.grownyc.org. Julie, thank you so much for joining us on Go Green Radio today. Jill, thank you for having me. This is a great opportunity, and I'm, I'm happy to uh, be able to reach so many people. Well, me too, and especially with such a great story of success. You know, our urban environments um, all over the country and actually all over the world are seeking ways to go green in their own way and not just, you know, institute recycling programs and things like that that we traditionally think of as going green, but really meaningful uh, programs to bring healthy food and healthy lifestyle choices to the urban environment. My goal for this episode is threefold. First of all, I want our listeners to know about what you're doing. 
Secondly, I hope our listeners support you in any way that they possibly can. And third, and possibly most important, I want our listeners to really consider ways that they can replicate your organization's success in their own city. So to begin with, give us a little history lesson on your organization, when it started, why it started, and how it continues to thrive today. Tell us all about Grow NYC. Absolutely. Um, Well, as you mentioned, we are pleased and proud to be celebrating our 40th year. We were created in 1970 um, by an executive order uh, through then-Mayor Lindsay as the Council on the Environment of New York City. You did mention we we have just recently um, had a name change. We are now... Grow NYC, um, same great programs, uh, but a name that we feel like trips a bit easier off the tongue and communicates better what we do. Um, it's hard to believe because, and we're thrilled that um, words like sustainability and green and environmental are really part of, of the national conversation now. Mm-hmm. But 1970, which 40 years ago was not really that long ago, um, those were foreign concepts. Um, the first Earth Day was held in April of 1970. New York City, um, not alone at that time, um, though suffering from a real dire economic uh, downturn, um, really not sort of the vibrant um, urban environment you, you think of when, when you come and visit or you live and you work here today was really ripe for some sort of change. And Mayor Lindsay, a, a quite a forward-thinking mayor, um, approached uh, our honorary chairwoman um, and, and very good friend and, and still board member Marion High School and said, how would you like to take on the challenge of transforming New York City's environment? Uh, wow. Marion accepted and, and rose to the occasion, and, and here we are today. That's an amazing story, and she is still on your board, is that correct? She is. She is 90 years young, um, and she is a remarkable woman in every sense of the word. Uh, she tells a story that some 40 to 50 years ago, um, New York City streets were, it was very common for people to not even uh, pick up street litter or, or, or put it uh, in the tra- in trash receptacles were not widely found. And she herself would be out doing it. Um, and when Mayor Lindsay was first seeking someone to head up this then nascent uh, movement and organization, he immediately thought of her because she stood out for her own citizen action. I love it. And, and you know, I think that just, that is the perfect foundation for an organization, that person who is infectious with passion, and commitment. I, I, I really love to hear stories like that. Now, your organization is very unique. I mean, there are a lot of nonprofit organizations out there, but yours is one that is closely tied and had its birth, actually, out of the office of the mayor of New York City. Help us understand how that works and how the relationship with the mayor's office has helped to benefit both the work of your organization and the people of New York City. Sure. Um uh, again, um, when our organization was started, it was really with the idea that it was to be a citizen action organization um, by the people, of the people, for the people, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. And while we were created in the office of the mayor, 
we are privately funded. Um, we raise our operating budget through individuals, through corporations, through foundations. Um, so while the city, we work closely with the, the city and the commissioners of the major city agencies sit on our board, for example, sanitation, transportation, environmental protection. Um, we are privately funded, um, but we do work closely with the city to help the city achieve its objectives for sustainability as well as to have assistance from the city to achieve, you know, our own sustainability actions through our programs. Well, I love that because I looked at your website and you have a very long list of contributors. And what that says to me is these are people who see the success of this organization and they're so pleased with it that they're willing to invest in it, as opposed to some organizations that are completely funded by, you know, uh, taxpayer dollars or public funding. I think your organization is so unique and really inspiring because it shows how well a public-private partnership um, can work. And I think that's, that's a really outstanding template and, and role model for other organizations. Um, you know, there are a lot of people, and I, you know, I travel all over the country and actually all over the world, and a lot of people are, um, of course, understandably upset about where we find ourselves economically these days. It's a tough economic time, and um, I hear over and over again people say that they think recycling and environmental ed- education programs are a luxury that we can only afford when the economy is in a boom cycle, but your organization been around for a long time. You've seen boom and bust economies, and yet you've remained relevant and vibrant. How have you accomplished that? Well, um, one of the key factors is, and you mentioned it, it's really the the generous and and, and loyal support of our contributors. Um, and we are thrilled and humbled by by the devotion um, and, and generosity that we inspire in, in people who who help us through contributions, through volunteer work, um, through advocacy and promotion of, of this, this great group. Um, the other thing that we're very proud of, too, is that 80 cents of every dollar that people uh, contribute to our organization goes to programmatic activities. We have a lean overhead um, through boom and bust, uh, Grow NYC has had a DIY ethos that um, we really believe in being boots on the ground and providing as many services and amenities um, to the people of New York as we can at the greatest value for the dollar. Um, and that's something that, that serves us well. We have an incredibly hardworking and creative uh, staff here who really does make our our survivability through the, the lean and the fat, if you will, a, a real possibility. I really respect that, Julie, and I think that that is also a big part of why people are so willing to just contribute to an organization like yours. I've seen the, uh, you know, the, the tax returns from nonprofit organizations within our sector, within the environmental and green sector, and a lot of them are so fat with salary payments um, that their their ratio is actually flipped from what you said, where you said 80 cents on the dollar actually goes to programs. There are a lot of organizations where 80 cents on the dollar or more goes to staff pay and not to programs. And so I think that you've got 
your organization could be described with the same word that we want to make the world, and that's sustainable. Um, I really respect what you're doing, and I know it takes a lot of fiscal discipline in order to run an organization that way. Um, you know, in a couple minutes that we have left before commercial break, I just want to touch on the special place that, you know, the Big Apple has in American's heart. I mean, especially after 9-11, I mean, everybody was a New Yorker after that. Americans love New York City. Do you feel like Grow NYC might be in a unique position with the successes that you've realized over the last 40 years to lead the rest of the country in community-focused environmental education programs? I think that New York City, because of its size, its diversity, um, is a wonderful place to showcase uh, various sustainability and environmental initiatives. Um, as the, the song goes, it, it, if you can make it there, meaning here you can make it anywhere. And, um, <laughs> you know, there are, of course, challenges, um, you know, but there's great opportunity as well. Um, and I think perhaps what, what is maybe the greatest thing that we can demonstrate is that there is such a thing as an urban environment, uh, which for many years people thought of sort of as an oxymoron. So, yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. Now, do you feel like, I have to ask this question, before we go into the next segment and we're going to dive in deep and talk about the programs that you have, are there any programs that you're running at Grow NYC that you think could not be replicated elsewhere? You know what? I don't. I think absolutely um, everything we do is replicable um, on on some level. Great. Well, folks, with that teaser, we're going to head into a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we'll talk to Julie specifically about the many programs that she is helping to run at Grow NYC. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more Go Green Radio. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Tolvanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Tolvanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Tolvanta Energy, visit us today at www.tolvantaenergy.com. Now, Mrs. Johnson, before we close on your mortgage loan, I want to make sure you remember Mike. Hi. You can trust me. I'm African-American, just like you. So here's the low monthly payments and interest rates we promised, and here's where they triple. The rest of this stuff is just here to make sure that we get your house when you can't pay us back. What a lovely house. Predatory lenders are never this easy to spot. Call us at 866-222-FAIR and protect yourself with the facts. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Fair Housing Alliance and the Ad Council. 
Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Haiti has been hit hard by a deadly earthquake. Destruction is everywhere. Tens of thousands are feared dead and hundreds of thousands are homeless without food, water, and basic necessities. Save the Children is on the scene, but your support is urgently needed to help us save lives. Please give as much as you can now. Call 1-800-SAVE-THE-CHILDREN or go online at savethechildren.org. You can even donate $10 right now by texting the word SAVE from your cell phone to 20222. Please give now. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. So glad that you could join us. If you are just tuning in, you are in for a treat. We have got Julie Walsh. She's the Assistant Director at the Grow NYC organization, and you've got to check out their website. Don't close this web browser. Keep listening to voiceamerica.com. But if you want to follow along, just open up a new tab in your web browser and go to www. Dot .grownyc.org, and there you can find out and follow along with us as we talk to Julie about all the programs that they are running to green the city of New York City, and they've been doing it for 40 years. This is an organization that has a lot of collective wisdom around greening an urban environment, so I know that you're going to love hearing what Julie has to say. Julie, I'm a big, big fan of all the programs that you're running at Grow NYC, but I have to say that my favorite one is the Green Markets Program. Won't you please explain that program to our listeners? Sure. Um, And, Jill, you're not alone in uh, having the Green Market Farmers Market Program as as one of your favorites. We really consider it a a jewel in the crown, if you will. Um, Started in 1976 with a single farmers market under the 59th Street Bridge, we now have 50 locations in season that you can visit in all five boroughs. Um, wow. We have just <laughs> over 200 producers who are growing and producing everything from fruits, vegetables, preserves, baked goods, dairy products, meat, uh, wool, 
uh, a variety of sustainably and locally produced products and goods that you can find here in New York City, uh, again, at any one of our 50 market locations open um, in high season. We do have year-round markets as well, but the real... Uh, race on debt of this program is to give local farmers um, the ability to have outlets for their products, and because we're in the Northeast, our growing season is not year-round. So right. and we do have a 100% grow-your-own, produce-your-own rule to be admitted to our program. So, Now, how do you ensure that food that's represented at the green markets um, is actually locally grown. I mean, what would happen if a truck full of California-grown produce tried to sneak in? You know, it, it, it's a great question. Um, we have on staff uh, four inspectors who we start looking at our producers' crop plans before the actual growing season even begins. Um, we do go to farms and do on-site inspections. We go to markets and do inventory inspections. And we are very fortunate in that our, as I said, our some 200 producers really share our values. Um, they are doing this because they believe that people should eat locally. Uh, and, you know, we do really have a, a wonderful uh, compliance rate, if you will. Um, you know, something that you would look for, though, obviously, and it makes it easy, is seasonality. If, for example, you saw peaches in April, you would know that something probably wasn't right. Um, and that's mm -hmm. a good rule of thumb for, for people who go to farmer's markets anywhere. Ah, that's interesting. You know, I mean, I go to farmer's markets, but, but it's really with a layman's eye. I never even thought about that. You know, before we go into some of the other nuances of, of the program, um, let me ask you this. Because a lot of our listeners are are kind of new when it comes to going green and may not understand why it is that we're encouraging people to eat from locally grown producers. What are the benefits of that? Let's lay a foundation for why these programs are so important. Sure. I mean, one of the things um, that, and one of the terms that, that listeners may or may not have heard is the concept of food miles, which means simply, how far is my food travel to get to me? Um, and food miles clearly have an impact on other environmental issues, such as climate change. If we are eating and consuming things that have to travel by air um, thousands of miles to get to us, then we're really not sort of living as, as low impact a life as we could. Um, we sort of need to, we've become, I hesitate to use the word spoiled, but, but used to the idea that, that we can really enjoy um, sort of year-round, especially for us here in the Northeast, all kinds of things. Uh, and while that is a wonderful, wonderful way and opportunity that we have, um, we also like to think about eating in a more sort of seasonal and thoughtful way. Um, mm -hmm. So that is another reason that it's interesting and good to eat uh, things that are produced locally is you get to meet the person who grew it. Um, when you go to a supermarket, you know, they can look lovely and, and, and things are displayed nicely, 
but you're not meeting the person who perhaps dug that rutabaga out of the ground just that morning. And you can really learn a lot about your local environment and about what you're putting in your body by, by buying directly from the farmer. Well, and I think the chances that, you know, some kind of harmful pesticide uh, being used on crops that a farmer's going to go and actually shake the hands of the person eating it are a little bit lower. There seems to be a bit more accountability um, to the consumer. I mean, and, and of course, we go and we buy these uh, healthy items and produce to be healthy, to live a healthy lifestyle. Um, but sometimes, you know, we don't think about what was put around those pieces of fruit or produce in terms of herbicides or pesticides and what have you. The chemical uh, you know, that, that may be going into our body um, when we have less accountability between the grower and the consumer. Do you feel like maybe, you know, it's actually a bit more healthy to eat food that hasn't been shipped or preserved or what have you before it gets to the consumer? Absolutely, Jill. There is a, a you know, we um, do little informal uh, taste testings with uh, our, our, our consumers and, you know, Try a supermarket apple uh, that came perhaps thousands of miles versus one that was grown locally um, and picked recently. And it's, it's, there is an absolute huge difference in, in taste. There is a difference in quality. Um, you know, the other benefit to buying um, local and consuming local foods is that Small family farmers are really able to grow a broader diversity of crops. Um, big agribusiness tends to grow what we think of as monocrops. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things that you will see if you look at history is that the sheer variety of, say, beans or apples or strawberries has diminished over the years because as as Farmer, as farming has become less and less, um, we're, or had become, we're, we're grateful that it is on the uptick, um, but uh, less of a viable option, people really stopped growing things. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things that the food system needs is diversity. Agreed. Now, speaking of diversity of a different kind, you know, during this economy, we're seeing people who may have never thought in a million years that they would be on food stamps. Um, needing some assistance. And I love the the aspect of your Green Markets program that speaks to that need for people who are in tough economic times to get healthy food. Talk to us about the food stamp element of the Green Markets program. Glad you asked about that. We are incredibly proud um, that we are able to do that. And this also dovetails back to our partnership with the city, um, through funding from the New York City Council, we were able to enable just about half of our green market locations to accept EBT, which stands for Electronic Benefit Transfer. One of Mm -hmm. the challenges um, was that in 2001, New York State transitioned from paper food stamps to this Electronic Benefit Swipe Card because farmers' markets are in outdoor locations, we don't have electricity, um, it presented a real challenge about how to accept, um, you know, food entitlement benefits for the redemption for fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, Through funding, we have been able to do that, and we are proud to say in the four years that we have been working on this project, 
We went from redeeming just over $1,000 in EBT in 2005 to just over a quarter of a million dollars in 2009, which demonstrates that there is a real need and desire from people to use their benefits for the purchase of fruits and vegetables. Oh, that's fantastic. Because, of course, the alternative sometimes is, you know, to use those, uh, you know, those, well, they're not coupons anymore, but to use those credits for foods that may not be healthy. And, and you know, I, I, stories abound with stories of, of folks who are on the food stamp programs uh, who just aren't able to have access to healthy foods. And I think it's fantastic that not only is your program looking at the, you know, the benefits of bringing locally grown uh, produce to the city, but that you've taken it one step for, further and, and made that accessible to people in the most economic need. I really love the social justice and environmental justice aspects of your program. We have about 30 seconds till break. Would you like to say anything more about that aspect of the program before we go to commercial? Um, I, I think just the last thing I would say is that for those listeners who are interested in um, promoting uh, the acceptance of, of, of EBT at farmers markets, it's a very worthwhile thing to do um, because it really does get fresh and healthy foods into people people's hands who need it the most. So that's wonderful. Well, Julie, we are going to be back after a short commercial break to talk more about what's going on in Grow NYC. Folks, don't go away. We'll be right back with more Go Green Radio. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. So glad that you could join us. If you've been listening to today's show and you think, oh, my goodness, I have friends or colleagues who really should have listened to this, don't worry, because we are now syndicated on the Green Talk Network that is a part of voiceamerica.com. So if you missed it or you have a friend who missed it or you just want to listen again because you can't get enough Go Green Radio, you can listen to us Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern Time, on the Green Talk Radio, which you can find by going to the Mothership website, which is voiceamerica.com. And we are so proud to be syndicated on the Green Talk Network. We hope that you'll join Go Green Radio and many other of the great green shows that we have there for you. Well, we are back with Julie Walsh. She is the Assistant Director of Grow NYC. I am such a huge fan of this program and this organization that I can barely contain myself. This is a program that has survived uh, the best of times and the worst of times economically. Uh, they're a solid, solid nonprofit organization that's been around for 40 years, long before it was cool to be green. This organization was, was deep into the, the culture and the psyche of New York City, and they have been helping block by block, community by community, borough by borough, create healthy and safe environments uh, to help citizens of New York City go green in a variety of ways. We were just talking about the Green Markets program, and now, Julie, I'd really like to focus on a program that I think uh, really hits home for a lot of people in states where agriculture is a is a big industry. I live in California, and agriculture is our number one industry. And so your program called the New Farmer Development Program really speaks to me. Tell us about how that program works and some of the success stories that you've seen come out of the New Farmer Development Program. Sure, happy to. Um, the New Farmer Development Program um, came about because we started to see here in uh, New York City and in the Northeast a number of people coming to the immigrating to this country um, who had agricultural experience and who desired um, to continue to work as farmers, but who were unfamiliar with the practices that would be necessary to farm in the Northeast and. We started working, um, and we continue to work with groups of people who are desirous of working, continuing to, you know, work as, you know, in an agrarian way, um, primarily from Latin America, where obviously the growing season um, and some practices are, are quite different from what we do here in the Northeast um, and what we're able to do here in the Northeast. And we started a project to help transition people. There has been tremendous farmer attrition um, in our country, and not a lot of people who have wanted to, though, again, that, that's starting to change, 
but, but for some time, not a lot of people who wanted to sort of take up the mantle, if you will. And mm-hmm. what we have done is developed a course called La Nueva Siembra, which is the new season, to help educate people about farming here in the Northeast. We're incredibly proud of this. We have 150 alumni. We have some 20 uh, of those new farmers who have started successful farm businesses, including four who have bought acreage totaling 26 acres in New York's Hudson uh, Valley. And it's a great, great um, project and great program for us. And do those alumni then feed into the Green Markets program? Absolutely. Um, They sell at market, and they have brought a whole range of produce that we heretofore hadn't seen, like papalo, pipicha, alache, epazote, um, all squash blossoms, tomatillos, uh, dragon tongue beans. We've got this incredible uh, range of ethnically diverse produce that a lot of these farmers found that they had grown at home that they could now grow here in their new home. Um, our consumers love it. Um, it's, again, gone to increase, to, made strides to increasing product diversity, um, which is something that we, we really love and encourage. So it's yeah. a great, great project for us. I love that. And that's so... NYC. To me, I mean, I, I grew up in Illinois. I live in California now. But, uh, you know, one of the first things I think of when I think of the Big Apple is Staten Island. I mean, so many of us uh, can say our families went through New York City to find their new home, to find, you know, their piece of America. And for you to, to you know, serve as that first point of debarkation to a new life, one that, you know, instantly integrates immigrants into, you know, a, an economy and a commodity that's, you know, benefiting the community and their families. I just, I love that. I think that's just so characteristic of, of you know, the whole image of the Statue of Liberty. You know, I just think that's a fantastic program. And I'm going to tell you a little story. Uh, last weekend, I went to a, what we call the Water Crisis uh, Council. Uh, here in California, you know, we have the Central Valley, which many have said is the breadbasket of America, and it's dry as a bone right now. Mm-hmm. And there, it's mostly due to public policy. And we have farmers that have been in that area and, and agricultural workers that have been in that area for decades. Their families have been there. And there's 40% unemployment in that area because there's not enough water to water the crops and to, to keep, you know, the crops going. So not only for those of us living in more urban environments does that mean the cost of our produce is higher and that we're importing more produce, but um, some of these folks who are standing in, in food lines who have been our farmers for decades in California are being fed food that is coming from China. And we, it's just the saddest situation that not only has a way of life and a, and a huge economy uh, part of our, our economy in California is is under siege from, you know, the situation with our water. We're losing that local food. We're losing those local skills and, and farmers' way of life. And I just think what you're doing in New York City, uh, it would just be wonderful to replicate that in other places. Absolutely. You guys- and, again, listeners um, are, are invited to go to our website. Um, they can read even more than the the brief amount that I've, I've spoken about, our new farmer development. We are always happy to uh, follow up and, and answer more questions, too. If, if you can't find it on our site, 
get in touch with us. Well, thank you for that. I, we all appreciate that, Julie, and, and uh, thank you for your leadership in that area. Now, you have another program that I think sounds really exciting. I mean, I'm steeped in the world of environmental education and around kids all the time, and you have a youth market program. Um, tell us about the youth market program because it sounds really, really great. Yeah, youth market is terrific. Um, many of your listeners may know, um, may have uh, had personal experience with and even um, youth unemployment is is at a, a historic high. Um, you know, it is very very difficult for people between the ages of say sixteen um, to twenty to gain employment in these really trying times. And we've found too that you know studies show. If you don't secure employment early on, um, that can be a wage and experience gap that you never make up later in life. So one of the things that we have done is to really try to create opportunities for young people, both through our, our, our youth market and our uh, other programs as well, to gain meaningful experience. So what we do is we've had some 100-plus kids go through a job training program that enables them to open up urban farm stands in their communities. And what that does, again, is it gives people experience and training and a skill set, and it also brings another affordable, fresh, healthy food outlet to communities that need it most. So it's really achieving, and, and that's kind of our, you know, one of the things we look at whenever we start uh, a, a project here, it's, it's because we feel like let's have a multi-layered and big an impact as we can. Let's try to really bring everybody up and benefit the most people in the most ways. And it's, again, that it. sort of by the community, for the community. Well, and what's really neat about the Youth Market Program is you're showing these kids. I mean, there are a lot of people who are afraid, I mean, adults, who are afraid to open their own small business. The entrepreneurial spirit is, you know, part of America, but it can be so intimidating. You're giving these kids basically entrepreneurial experience so that should they grow up and decide, hey, I want to be a small business owner, there are so many pieces of, of the process of doing that that they will already know and not be afraid of. And let's face it, in these tough economic times, one of the best security you know, blankets we can have to losing our job is to create our own. <laughs> and it's the small business owners of America that are keeping us going, and you are training up a whole new generation of those small business owners. That's got to make you feel really proud. It, it does. And the other thing is, and when we talk about sort of the multi-pronged approaches, these young people we have found really become good food, good health ambassadors in our communities. Um, you know, New York City, like much of the country, is, is facing double-digit rates of things like obesity and diabetes that are directly linked to diet-related disease. And we really want to create um, as broad uh, and, and as effective an education and outreach campaign as we can to educate people about the link between personal health, diet, and also the health of the environment. So another great benefit is, is these kids are not just getting training in, in the entrepreneurial skill set, which they are, but, but also in what really makes a healthy planet, what makes a healthy diet, you know, Right, and, and that's what I think environmental education has to be. It's not just, you know, a piece of curriculum that you learn in science class. It's understanding how 
you know, business and agriculture and choices that we make are interwoven into an entire web of things that affect human health as well as the planet's health. And I think that you're really, really getting or giving kids an opportunity to see that interrelationship between our choices, what we eat, what we grow, how we sell, where we sell, and how all of that connects our human health to the health of the planet. I think that's really great. Folks, we have one more segment with Julie, and we do invite you to uh, give us a call if you want to ask any questions. It's 866-472-5788. We're going to be back after just a short commercial break with more from Grow NYC. Don't go away. More Go Green Radio right after this. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The Interstate Sportsman Talk radio show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern for the Interstate Sportsman on the Voice America channel. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. Today's show has just thrilled me to death. I, I was a fan before, but now I'm, I'm an ecstatic fan of Grow NYC. If you're just joining us, 
don't go away from this web browser. Keep listening to voiceamerica.com, but open up a new tab in your web browser and check out their website. It's www.grownyc.org. And if you love their program as much as I do, there is a way to help. You can donate to their organization. Though they are a nonprofit organization affiliated with the Office of the Mayor of New York City and have been for 40 years, they are privately funded, and they can always use your support. And as Julie mentioned, she's the assistant director of Grow NYC. Eighty cents on the dollar goes directly to the programs we've been talking about today. So do support Grow NYC in any way that you can. Julie, I'm so glad that you could join us on Go Green Radio today. You know, a lot of urban environments are really beginning to focus on bringing some green back to these concrete jungles that we've built over the last few decades. We want to see some vegetation. We know that it's not just pleasing to the eye. It's actually vital to our health and our well-being. Talk to us about your open space greening program and the element that you call the grow truck. I'd love to hear more about that. Absolutely. Happy to do so. Um, You know, um, we are so pleased and proud that over the past decades we have been able to help create from the ground up over 50 community gardens here in New York City, and we provide assistance to hundreds more. Um, one of the ways we do that is to offer at-cost um, plant sales. We have our grow truck, which you mentioned, which is a mobile tool lending and technical advice service where you want to have a green-up and clean-up day at your community garden site, but you lack um, you know, the multiple shovels and rakes and wheelbarrows that you would need to have 20 people come and work, we will come out and provide those things. Um, we will also do things like really help you to optimize your sustainability efforts in green space. We are extremely proud of our rainwater harvesting program. Um, New York City, like some other big urban areas, has a combined sewer overflow system, which means when you get heavy rains, which we in fact did uh, have about a week ago, uh, you have all sorts of uh, non-point source pollution things going into the waters that surround our area, um, which is obviously not good. So we have helped build to date some 55 rainwater collection tanks, ranging from 300 to 1,000 gallon tanks. It's mm-hmm. a wonderful way for gardens to have both a reliable and sustainable watering source, and it's a great way too to again really help preserve our coastal waters. Um, again, Manhattan's an island. New York City itself is really surrounded by water, so we're very, very acutely aware about trying to preserve the health of of our local waters through everything we can do. Oh, that's fantastic. And I'm sure that uh, the communities and the residents around those green spaces are are grateful for that gathering place um, that creates some beauty and, and sense of community within their neighborhood. Talk to us. I mean, I'm sure you've visited many of these community gardens. Talk about a typical day there. Who do you see? What are people doing? What do they use them for? Give us a visual that we can you know, imagine in our minds what it's like to be there. Sure. Well, gardens in New York City really do provide, as you say, um, multiple benefits to people. Um, They are, of course, first and foremost, you know, really an oasis of green. Um, And you can go read and relax 
and sort of experience uh, nature in these, you know, little microcosms of, of, of greenery and life. The other thing more and more that people are using community gardens for here in New York City is urban agriculture. People are growing food, um, and we're proud to have worked on several uh, community spaces that really are urban farms, and people have a plot, and they are growing food for themselves. They're growing foods for their neighbors. We have one site, the Phoenix Garden, which has such a bounty of produce, they are able to share it weekly with the neighborhood soup kitchen. So that's a really exciting development here in the city is the community garden as urban farm and food source. That is really cool. I I love that idea. In fact, I just saw there was a, I don't know, I think it was maybe six or seven months ago, there's an organization called Urban Revision, and they are taking a block of space in downtown Dallas. And a bunch of architects put together a plan for how they would create this urban environment but uh, weave into uh, that that design some sustainability elements and one of it was urban farming and they you know they had to design it in but you guys are are doing it right there in one of the oldest cities you know in America I just think that's phenomenal um, and what I'm hoping for and I'm going to put a bug in your ear because I'm totally into social media would love to see some pictures and videos maybe on a Facebook page that we could all become fans of, if you don't already have it, I'll bet you do, though, um, where we could actually be there. Even if we don't get to travel to New York City, we could feel like we were there if we could see those. That would be really cool. Sure. We do have a Facebook page, and you can can join it going right through our website, grownyc.org. Um, yeah, we try to keep our, our website as fresh and relevant as possible uh, so that people can really, as you say, get a sense of what it's like to be here. So. Oh, that's cool. Well, okay, everybody who's listening to Go Green Radio, get out there on www.grownyc.org. Check out their website, but check out where they're at in the social media space. I know a lot of us uh, are into to Facebook for sure. I practically live there and Twitter. So uh, let's let's check it out and become a fan and and see what we can do to maybe replicate some of these great stories in other cities across America. Um, you know, Julie, I, I I hate to shortchange recycling. We have about three minutes left in the show, but I know that is a big component of Grow NYC. So we have to touch on it. Talk about your recycling efforts. We are um, pleased and proud to really be at the forefront of, of recycling in New York City. And we're doing a couple of things. We're really helping to people to understand what can be recycled in the curbside collection program. And that's when people think about the things that it, hopefully your community has a recycling program and you're putting out your metal, your glass, your plastic, your cardboard, your newspapers. But there still can be confusion around that. And we try to encourage people through fun and enlightening ways what can be collected and diverted from the waste stream. Um, you know, we play a recycling game. The other thing we try to do is to give people opportunities for items that aren't collected at the curbside. So you will find, for example, at our green markets, textile collections. You can bring in your unwanted clothing and linens. Um, we're so thrilled. We just passed the half-million-pound mark on people dropping off unwanted clothes. You can wow. drop off your rechargeable batteries and cell phones you don't want. You can drop off composting scraps. Um, you know, it really is good to, we have stop and swaps where people can 
drop-off things that are still usable and, and desirable um, that are picked up by others. So we're really trying to get people to think about the concept of waste and recycling in a very different uh, and unique way. I love it. Julie, it has been an absolute thrill to have you on Go Green Radio. I'm just so excited about what you're doing, and I hope that our listeners will take the opportunity to just eat up everything they can find on your website. And I really do appreciate your offer to allow our listeners who may want to replicate these programs in their communities to reach out to your organization um, to share some best practices and, and have a ripple effect outside of New York City. But thank you for your leadership. Thank you for joining us today on Go Green Radio. Folks, we have another great show for you next time. So join us again on Go Green Radio. Until then, have a great week and be well and go green. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 